Hey, a little over a month ago, probably about a month and a half ago, uh, my wife and I were given an opportunity to go see a band. And I, I don't go to many concerts. Someone gave us some tickets. Um, and it's a band that I used to really be into. But I can honestly tell you, over the last 10 years, I haven't thought a whole bunch about them. But we got tickets, and it was playing down in the Del Mar Fair. Uh, a friend of ours has a condo down there that he let us stay in, and the condo was in walking distance to the fair. So we got to go down for a couple nights and kind of hang out down there. Now, as I said, I haven't been to a concert really in a long time, and I'd never been to the Del Mar Fair boy, is that a confusing place to try to get around. And you think the church is crazy trying to find a concert venue. Uh, we couldn't hardly find it. We finally found it. We got our seats, and we couldn't wait to hear Switchfoot. So <coughs> anyone knows Switchfoot? So I think they probably are one of the most successful Christian bands ever. I'd say they've been around for 20-something years. They're still, like, killing it. It was awesome, the concert. And they did not disappoint us at all. But towards the end of the concert, they played a song that I would say is probably one of their most famous songs. And it's a song that way back when it was in, in surf movies. And I just remember early on that that song had an impact in my heart. And I just, and as soon as they started playing, I'm like, oh, I like this song. Then they started singing the words, and it was like I was 16 years old again, right? I mean, just being touched, having an experience, it was awesome. And uh, it just really had an impact on me. And I was so encouraged so many years later. That song was written 17 to 20 years ago, probably, and I hadn't heard it hardly ever for a long time. Such a deep impact. And it says this, welcome to the planet. Welcome to existence. Welcome to the fallout. Welcome to resistance. The tension is here between who you are and who you could be, between how it is and how it should be. I dare you to move. I dare you to move. Now, when we were in this concert, it was right in the middle of us putting together this Wonderless series. So we had been in staff meetings and, T and Scott and I and other guys talking about this journey, this journey of moving, of growing, of being thousands of friends, advancing the cause of Christ this continual movement. And then that words came of that song, this journey between who I am and who I could be, between how it is and how it should be, I dare you to move. And I just sat there thinking about that song, and then he said the line. Kind of forgot about it, and he said it, salvation is here. And I remember just going, wow. What a powerful reality. See, what we've been talking about is not about following some religious system full of rules and regulations. We haven't been talking about doing things to please God that you might find favor in his eyes so that he'll bless you and make all your wildest dreams come true. And if you do all these things we're saying, you're not going to have any bad things happen to you. Are, are you all over that, right? Welcome to the planet. Welcome to existence. It's life broken. It's difficult. But what we have been talking about without actually saying it is salvation. Not about after you die salvation. I think sometimes we're a little too consumed with after we die salvation. We're too consumed. Hey, after you die, everything's going to be better. You're going to see God. Oh, everything. And it just, I think we've kind of devalued the real beauty and power of what's right here in front of us right now. And that's what we're hoping the journey towards. This is a deeper experience of now, salvation, not just after you die, but before. Experiencing life here and now in the midst of this broken world and being part of bringing life to it. 
As we walk in these things and the pieces of our lives start coming together from the inside, that's really where it needs to happen. It's pieces coming together inside that then flows out and actually being able to impact those around us. I love what uh, this idea of salvation here with Dallas Willard said. I've used this. I've quoted this a lot. The gospel is not about how to get to heaven after you die, but how to get to heaven before you die. Right now, salvation is here. So over the past weeks, Scott has been talking about daring us to move, right? Daring us to take a step, all having its foundation in grace and connected in community. And I hope last week, maybe some of you took that crazy, risky step of going out and going and finding a tent and a table and saying, okay, I'm going to join that. I'm going to join a men's thing. I'm going to join a women's thing. We're going to join a group. I'm going to go to youth group. I'm just going to take a step. I'm going to try it. It's a journey that God calls us to take, really so that we might have a deeper, more powerful experience in life right here and now and bring life to others. As I was thinking about this, I thought of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. Look what he says here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. We are reconciled. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Look what he goes on to say here. He says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not just you and me, the world. He reconciled him to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And then we got this idea, and God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Man, what a powerful vision in order to encourage us to dare to move. That that reconciliation we've experienced is for others. And our lives are that story that we are telling. We are helping others see it, come into it, and experience it. So as we continue this Wonderless series today, this journey, I want to talk about a key issue, an ingredient for our lives that I think is so deeply important in order for us to grow and keep moving forward, in order for us, for our lives to be empowered, that we might proclaim this message of reconciliation and make a difference. And here's what I want us to think about today. Rest. Rest. How many of you are thinking that's going to be it? We're on a journey message, right? We're on what's the next step thing. Look at the definition. I really like the definition. To cease work or movement. It's perfect for the Wonderless series, right? To cease, but check this out. In order to relax, refresh oneself, and recover strength. It's a pretty powerful idea. Maybe you weren't thinking that we were going to talk about rest, but I believe it's so important when it comes to our own growth and our own ability to make an impact and have our lives matter. Now, I'm someone that I enjoy working out. I do different things in my garage, and I like riding a bike, and I like surfing. And I'm trying somehow to keep this growing older body going. And I'm telling you, as I turned 50, wow, it really happened. Things have changed. It's, it's harder. Any of you guys finally did figure that out someday in life? But I want to keep it going. So I like doing things. And I remember when I was about 48 years old, I saw this article, How to Stay Healthy After 50. I'm all, yeah, all right, I got a couple years. I'm going to read this. And the first thing was walk. And I'm all, seriously, is that where I'm at? Honey, I'm going to go work out. It's like walk around the neighborhood. I just, I didn't feel I was there yet, right? But it just said, dude, just, just, just trust me. 
walk, you know? And I have found that to be true after Achilles tears and ACL tears. Hey, walking's not a bad thing. But anyways, so, so I like reading articles about health and fitness and different things. I don't always follow everything, but, you know, I like walk, reading it. Here's what I read in Men's Fitness. Think spending more time in the gym will help you achieve that dream body even sooner? Think again. Hitting the sack is the real secret to muscular size, strength, and efficient recovery. It just might be the most important element of your training. Going to bed. I like that article. <laughs> or bodybuilding. I, you guys are going, yeah, Steve, yeah, like where you ever read bodybuilding. But anyways, I don't follow it, but I read it every, every once in a while. But here's what it said. As bodybuilders... We are constantly on the lookout for new and effective ways to gain muscle, the latest supplement, a sophisticated training routine, a new diet. Granted, all these things are crucially important, but what is possibly most important of all is sleep. I mean, rest is valuable. It is needed. And this world can be crazy, busy, and an overwhelming place. Have any of you ever experienced that? Pretty get caught up in the craziness of it all. There's always something more to do at work, right? There's always something more to do at school. There's always something more to do at home. There's always something more to do in the gym. There's always something more to do with our families. There's always something more to do at church. The list goes on and on and on. And I would say that I don't think rest is necessarily something that we're all that good at. I think we live in a culture that struggles. And I personally feel the constant tug that there's more that I could do today. Have I done everything I could? I feel that. And I believe it's killing us. I think it's killing us in many ways. I think it's killing us physically. I read a book called A Healthy at 100. It's an interesting book, but it goes through all these different cultures that have the most amount of people that live over 100. Guess what? America's not on that list. So it's killing us physically. I think it's killing us emotionally. We're way down the list of happiness in the world. Way down. And I think it's killing us spiritually. There could be so many things that we can discuss. But what I just want to do is talk about a few biblical principles that I hope you'll consider that have helped me. That's something that I think about and I hope maybe it will help you. You see, the Word of God, the Bible is such a beautiful book full of wisdom the things that we can find in here can empower us to lead us to life. I love what Jesus said in John 10, 10, where he just says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what he wanted to bring. And that's fullness is a journey. It's a wanderlust, right? Towards Christ's likeness in the community of others. So what are the principles? What are the couple things that I hope we'll consider that I believe can lead us to a healthier life journey and lead us to rest. Number one is this. Our spiritual rest comes through trusting Christ, not through our obedience to any laws or ability to stop sinning. Guys, that, we, we, we hear this so much here at Rancho. We need to stop thinking that God requires so much of us for us to enter rest. Matter of fact, following the laws or trying to stop sinning can be pretty dang stressful. Any of you feel that? It could be create burdens and heaps of burdens on us. That is not where our spiritual rest has its foundation. We need to stop trying so hard 
and learn to begin to trust more in the promises declared by God through Christ. And when you struggle with trusting, the answer is just trust. We always have something else to do. Give me a list. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are accepted. We are free. Rest in that and enjoy it, even if you don't fully understand it. And I can honestly tell you, I don't. But I want to rest in that. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. Here's his call to us. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you stress. <laughs> I mean, that's what church has done, right? It's stress. No, he says, I will give you rest. Look what he goes on to say. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I love that call from Jesus to come to him and find rest. And we can place so much burden on ourselves. And we can allow other people to place burdens on us as well. And religion, no doubt, can heap it on for sure. I want to tell you, I work with so many people, just whether it be friends or counseling or just different things, that over the years that have allowed their sin to so consume them. They've allowed guilt and shame to overwhelm them. And I can honestly tell you, now, you got to hear this, that when they're getting to me and I'm working with them in things, it's usually their guilt and their shame and the way they focus on their sin that is having a more negative uh, impact on their life than the sin itself. The sin itself could have happened a day ago or a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, and it's still the condemnation, it's still the guilt, it's still the shame, it's still the way that they're focusing on the sin that is now impacting them. It has nothing to do with the sin that they, they did. And I don't think that's what Jesus wants us to focus on. I think he wants us to focus on him. I think he wants us to focus on his acceptance and love and forgiveness. I realize there's a lot of reasons why we might struggle with this, but I think one of the big ones is, is that we live in a culture of success and achievement, don't we? It's all about success and achievement. And it's just getting pushed younger and younger and younger. Now 10-year-olds just can't play baseball anymore. They have to be on travel teams, thinking about high school and what college they're going to go to. I can't just dance because it's fun. You got to be in a recital and get put in a whole bunch of people and feel humiliated if you don't do it good enough. It's just, it's just crazy. We're like, we're older people now are just like, hey, we're on this mouse wheel. Come join us, kiddos. We have no idea where we're going, but just start running. It's like, that's our life. It's a high achievement society. Everything feels like a ladder that we're trying to climb to who knows where. And when we get there, we don't even know where we are half the time. But we're climbing. Stop climbing the ladder of religion. It's getting us nowhere. It's getting us nowhere. <laughs> you ready? Go ahead and sin, for goodness sakes. Stop worrying about it. But here's the deal. In the midst of it, no Christ is right there still loving you, still accepting you, still calling you his own. And then rest in that love and faithfulness of Christ. That just might change your life forever.
Stop focusing on what he's not focusing on. Focus on what Christ does. Come to me, all you're heavy laden, all you're burdened. Find rest for your souls. That's what he's focusing on. What you were not able to do by fulfilling walking in the law because of your sin, I did. So now come. Stop focusing on what I'm not. Focus on what I am focusing on. I love you. So that's our spiritual rest. But there's another aspect of rest I think we need to talk about because I think there's a holistic reality in life that it's not like we separate our spiritual and our secular. Well, this is Jesus, this isn't, this is Christian. Man, it's all works together, right? And what's going on at work or at school or amongst friends affects what's going on at church and vice versa and everything in between. So we got to look at everything. If one part's off balance, then so much is off balance. So I want to talk about another aspect of rest. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, in verse 11, he said this, We hear that some among you are idle. You're not moving. doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Look at it. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. So it looks like they might be doing a lot, but they're actually on the mouse wheel. They're busy bodies. And so when it comes to having their life have of any value or doing anything that's good or of consequence, they're just busy bodies, and they look more idle than not. Look what he goes on to say. Such people, we command and urge you in the Lord Jesus to settle down. I love that. He's not like going, what's your problem? He's like, oh, whoa, slow down. Yeah, earn the bread you need to eat. Got it. But then look what he goes on to say. I love this. And for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. So, whoa, slow down. I love that passage. They were considered idle from being able to do what is right because they had become busybodies and just doing and just doing and just doing. So he says they're idle about the right things because they're too busy doing everything else. Now notice, I didn't say uh, too busy doing the wrong things. I said just too busy doing things that we don't know what's going on. Can any of you relate to that? Any of you felt that cycle? of just doing, here's what I want us to think about today, is that we need to learn to actually rest, not just kind of mentally and spiritually rest on what we believe, but rest and stop doing just anything so we might have the energy to do better things. We need to stop doing just anything so that we might have the energy to do better things. As I've said, we live in a stressed out culture for many reasons. But one area I want to challenge you on today is just the area of busyness. And just go, 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 go. I do think we need to slow down. We need to learn to rest. We need to learn to prioritize things better. I read a book last year where one of the main points of the book is we all have choices. Everyone has choices. I was sitting at the beach last week uh, after, at the end of summer camp, high school summer camp. We have a beach day. So I'm at beach. I'm with one of the kids that just went on a four-week road trip or three-week road trip to Alaska and Canada. All the way up to Alaska. Well, what a trip he had. And I got to see all his pictures, and we're talking about it. And then I asked him, I go, what would you learn the most? Like, what impacted you the most? And he said, didn't even hesitate. He said this, I learned to be able to do nothing. Wow. And I was like, dude, that's pretty deep. 
See, he was sitting at this lake with these glacier mountains and snow on top, and it was beautiful. And he was with these friends that he was with, and he said, what are we going to do? And this one girl said, yo, dude, chill. We're doing it. We're going to do nothing but just enjoy. And he cannot, it took him a journey to do that because we don't teach that very much. We're about doing busyness, keep going. And I will never forget that conversation, ever. I've been thinking about it over the last week in my own life. So we should slow down, stop doing some things in order to really experience rest. Now, I understand, and here's the deal. Okay, I understand. Some are saying, oh, but my work, oh, but school, oh, but you don't understand what I have to accomplish. Okay, I get it. I understand. So let me just suggest one kind of big picture thing just for maybe you to put into practice or think about at least, okay? Start where you have the choice to rest or slow down. Start there. And I want to challenge you, more than likely that's in your house. More than likely you can move back and you go and say, okay, well, I can't go to my boss and say, hey, dude, I'm only going to work four hours today instead of eight. I went to church. Dude told me to slow down. <laughs> okay, I get it. Or I'm only going to take three classes. I'm going to ditch the next three. Got to slow down. Okay, you got some things. But if you back up, here's some things I want us to think about. You don't have to have a huge list of chores every single Saturday or every single day. You don't have to. Many of us are teaching busyness. You don't have to. You don't have to always be fixing things or changing things or improving things or cleaning things. I know there's some ladies out here right now going like, what are you talking about? Now, I understand. I'm just going to fess up right now. Maybe you're an A-type person. I'm a Z-type person. I get it. But I've had to work through some of this stuff too. And I've had to really pay attention to my emotional, physical being and sit there and say, do I need to have that garage clear? Can my grass go a little longer? Do we have to have every dish clean before I go to bed? We have thought about this. I'm serious. To say, okay, this we do have choices in. And how am I going to respond? Some of your ladies want to do that, but you husbands will come home and say, why didn't you do the dishes? Man, stop. Back away and be together back away and say, let's not do it. Let's just go hang out and go for a walk instead. Who cares? This is, this is, what I, this is what's the better thing because I'm resting at this other busyness thing. Just, just thoughts. Get mad at me all you want. You don't have to work out so long in the gym or go as many days a week as you are. And actually, they find in studies that a lot of us are overdoing it, right? We could actually overdo it. You can back away a little. You can slow down. You really can. You don't have to join three different church groups each week and go every time the church service is open or necessarily force your kids to do that all the time. You don't have to watch that many TV programs. That could suck time away from your life, can't it? It's crazy. I found that if I'm not into a TV, I'm even in or out. I mean, got to get the series done in three days or I'm not even thinking about it. And when I'm not thinking about it, it's six in the evening, we're all home. Honey, let's go for a walk. What are we going to do for the next four hours? You turn on the TV, and it's like, it's 9.30. i got to go to bed. Right, how did it get so late? I hate, my wife says that. How did it get so late? And I hate that. It's because we were watching TV. It just goes quick, right? You don't have to. You don't have to play that many sports at one time. Or even throughout the whole year, you don't have to. You really don't. 
And you don't have to take every AP class available. Parents, they don't. Kids, you don't have to. I'm watching kids be so busy because I have to do this or else my life will fall apart. Your life is falling apart because of it. You need to think. Okay, those are just some suggestions for you to think through. What is your area that you really do have control over that you might be able to think about? Slow down a little. Make some decisions that could increase your rest and your health and your ability to make better choices towards the right things. And maybe tomorrow you're going to think through this. Maybe tomorrow you might just make one decision. Okay, I'm going to back away from that. I do have that choice. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to make that choice. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. Psalm 46.10. And just kind of back away and let go a little. And then as we do that, I think we need to add something very important to our lives that will help us in our growth. And it's this. We need to give them, yeah, we need to add prayer and thanksgiving to our rest so that we might redirect our hearts towards God. We need to add prayer and thanksgiving to our rest so that we might redirect our hearts towards God. For some of you, prayer is a given. We're at church. I'm a Christian. Of course I pray. <laughs> okay. Some of you, it's easy. It's a given. It's a huge part of your life. But for many of you that are like me, prayer takes a little effort and focus, not just my natural way of doing things. Maybe you're someone that just could list off a whole list of answered prayers. Oh, yeah, all the time. Or maybe you could be one that feels like you don't know if you've ever had a prayer answered. Did that just happen or not happen? Was it because of prayer or not prayer? I'm not really sure. I had good things happen when I didn't pray, and I had bad things happen when I did pray. I don't know how this works. Maybe you're like that. Maybe when you pray, you feel so natural and normal. Or maybe you're someone that when you pray, it feels so uncomfortable and strange. Or maybe when you pray, you feel so close to God. But maybe you're someone that when you pray, you actually feel very alone because you don't know if God's there and you've never felt him. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people in here. And I'm just telling you, there's one thing I've been kind of impacted by is in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray continually. Pray continually. And then in Matthew 6, 7, it says, your father knows you're going to pray, so don't think you're going to be here by, me, by your many words. So I'm supposed to pray continually without a lot of words. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've read so many books on prayer, and I'm still clueless. They have it all figured out. I don't. It's okay. But one thing I do know is I believe prayer should be a place of rest, not stress. Oh, and I've been stressed before. Do I have enough faith? Am I praying the right way? Am I on my knees? Am I supposed to have my hands? What am I supposed to do? Eyes closed, eyes open. I don't know. Do I need to pray the blood or not the blood? You don't pray the blood. It ain't going to be the blood. I don't know. It's very confusing out there. It's supposed to be a place of rest, not stress. I love Philippians 4. Verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything except when you're praying, <laughs> right? No, it doesn't, right? It's the opposite of that. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I love what he goes on to say. What's the result? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we need, right? I need my heart and my mind guarded 
by peace in Christ Jesus. I love that prayer because it's not teaching me about this circumstance-driven kind of thing. It's not saying, make sure you do this right and say it this way. And if you don't say it in his name, it's, it's, it's killing all that. It's just saying, come and place your life before God and give thanks. You might not have it all figured out, either do I. It's not about everything going your way. It's not about God fixing everything. It's teaching about a peace that transcends understanding, that goes beyond circumstances. This is the kind of peace and rest that I'm looking for, and that honestly is what most people I talk with need. We think we need our circumstances to change, but what we need is to have some peace and hope in the midst of this crazy life. We think that we need to know more, that we need to be more certain about what we believe and why. But I think what we really need to do is just trust that God's got it, and I don't even know what that means. But trusting that we're loved by him, we're called to love others and rest. Don't stress during your time of peace, of, of prayer. I just want everyone right now in closing, just to, I want everyone to close their eyes. And you know, it might seem weird, but just do it. I'm going to look and make sure everyone has their eyes closed. If you don't, I'm going to call you out. No, <laughs> just kidding. Just close your eyes, just for, a, just for the ending here. Maybe this week, even during this time right now, you can just think of one of those things that you have a choice in. One of those areas of peace that maybe you can sit there and stop, slow down, let that thing go. My grass can get a little longer. Don't need to fix that thing right now. I can slow down. And then I want you right now just to think during that time that you stop, maybe just sitting, even doing it right now in this quiet place, no agenda, take some deep breaths, and give thanks that you're loved and accepted by God through Christ. Be in awe of that. Say, wow, and thank you. And then maybe as you're spending that time, just say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let them take it. Let go. Trust. These moments of rest might just become the most powerful times in your life where you'll experience peace and contentment and hope. You'll begin to have vision to know what's next right thing that you're to do. You'll find yourself empowered to do it. Welcome to the planet. Welcome to existence. Welcome to the fallout. Welcome to resistance. The tension is here between who you are and who you could be, between how it is and how it should be. I dare you to move. I dare you to move. Salvation is here. Father God, may you just help us to see that you want us to come to you and find peace, inner peace. It's not based on this craziness around us, but it's based on who you are and what you declare. We're loved by you. We're accepted by you. May that just overwhelm us. May you give us vision on maybe those areas that we can slow down so that we can stay in these moments more, that we can move towards those things that are better instead of just being caught up in the busybodiness of what's in front of us and just anything. 
May your kingdom come. May your will be done in our lives and in our hearts as it's being done in heaven. May we take steps. May we dare to move. And may it change us forever and give us the power to impact the world around us, starting within our own homes and moving out from there. For your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name.